welcome back. It's time for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Coming to you live from the campus of West Virginia University, it's a syndicated show that sits squarely at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and modern marketing practices. With our host today, Susan Jones. Welcome, Susan. Hi, thank you. It's great to be with you. We're going to talk about something today that just put a smile on my face. I don't know where you're going to go with this, but the title (laughs) alone made me smile. Having been in marketing myself, there is never a dull day in marketing. That's for sure. So true. So true. And Andy's had quite a career. We're going to hear a lot about Andy Meyer's wonderful career today. All right. Well, Andy, you there to join us? I am here. Thank you very much. Okay. You're going to tell us about some of the dull days you've had in your marketing career here? (laughs) I wish there was some more than I I had. All right. I'll let you guys take off here. So Andy and I have known each other for quite a while. Andy is a proud graduate of Ferris State University, where I teach marketing as well as at WVU. Andy, I'm so glad you could join us today. When I looked at the material you sent us, you said you'd like to watch TV commercials and read ads when you were a kid. And I just have to start off with a personal note. When I was a very little girl, I didn't watch TV, but when the commercials came on, I would run right up to the TV set and yell, Marshall, Marshall. And my parents <laughs> said, oh, we know what this kid's going to do when she grows up. Right, so I'm wondering, exactly. did you know from very young age that you wanted to go into marketing and advertising? I really didn't. I just knew that back then, I kind of look back at, you know, in retrospect as to growing up and why I did decide to go into it. I always remembered watching TV commercials, listening to radio ads, magazine ads, even billboards, and just trying to understand and look at the creativity of it. And it wasn't really until I got to Ferris, I went there to study business. I didn't know what I was going to focus on. I took Advertising 101. Professor Mail, and I just fell in love with a class. And ever since that, my freshman year, I focused on marketing. Great. Yes, Professor Mail is a great evangelist for our program at Ferris and for advertising in general. I know you left Ferris in the 80s, and you've had quite a varied career since then. Now, you're not old enough to have been a madman, <laughs> madman, neither am I. I know your first job was at Ross Roy Advertising in Detroit. Tell us a little bit about that and how you would contrast that with marketing today. Back then, this was, like you said, in the mid-80s, and Ross Roy was a big privately held agency in downtown Detroit, which was great to, to work in the city. And it was in this old, old building that had hallways going this way and that way. And back in those days, it was so uniquely different than everything's digital today and done on computers where, you know, the, the art directors are doing things on key lines. And as yes. an account person, we would have to stick the key lines in a pizza bag and, and walk down the street to Chrysler, who was one of our customers, clients, and present that board to them. Back in the day, we were a pretty good-sized agency, and we had big accounts with Chrysler and Ameritech and Kmart back then, State of Michigan Travel, Blue Cross Blue Shield. So it was very diverse. But you're put into that level, so that's my first job right out of college as an account administrator, and you're just kind of there to learn the ropes. It was a little bit madman. I mean, there was smoking in the office, there was drinking oh, during sure. lunch. You know, my first exposure to that was having a beer at lunch where it was just common practice. It made me so tired, though, in the afternoon that I never did it again. <laughs> it was a special yeah. occasion, something to look back at. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was cutthroat days. Everybody wanted the Chrysler business. So in Detroit, everyone's working towards that. And so you're never safe and you always have to go above and beyond uh, what they're asking you to do and prove your value. Mm-hmm. And then comparing that to today, like I said, is everything is digital. You know, I was right. the internet wasn't available back then. And there's, you did a TV ad, you did a direct mail or you did billboards. You, you know, you had only so many mediums that you could do and it took forever to get the creative done and out the door. And if you needed to make a change, well, that was going to be another two to three weeks to get, you know, a new TV spot cut because the current one's not working. It's so different. It's so fast, but it's uniquely the same too. It's still understanding who the customer is, what the challenges are that you're trying to solve and building a campaign using many, many, many different mediums and ways today in order to be effective. I think uh, I used to think media was a hard subject when I was studying advertising, but today it's, it is so vast. And the other thing I oh, wanted yeah. to ask you about is um, the use of data. We just didn't have that data back then, right? We did not. No, we did not. It wasn't like it is today. We might have in, in certain forms that you would get information about how effective is the TV spot doing for Chrysler um, or Buick or GMC or other brands that I've worked on, but it took long to get that information. You'd have to get ratings, you'd have to get sales, you'd have to run it through these big computer systems in order to get it. That's why it was just so slow. But today, everything is so focused on instant gratification, if you will, as to, okay, we ran a social media campaign uh, this morning. How's it doing this afternoon? Right. And we've got to change it on a dime, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, Susan, obviously, as you know, is back then I did have the opportunity. You talked about studying media, not my favorite class, but one I did appreciate while I was in school. But what was cool about Ross Roy is they had a management training program where they would stick um, six or seven of the newer employees in different departments for a year and they'd rotate them just so you got exposure to different areas. My rotation, I didn't get to go to creative. I didn't get to go to research. I got to go to the media department in place media, which I, I dreaded, but I looked back and it had the biggest impact on me because again, it was about with their, you know, there's Arbitron and Nielsen ratings. And so you're manipulating and looking at data in order to make decisions on the, the media to buy, but you're placing media, radio and television and newsprint. Now you have departments totally dedicated to digital marketing and all they're doing is just Facebook and social ads they're not even thinking about doing the other media, you know, the traditional media. So it's just broken into so many different areas. There's data scientists. So it's really kind of fun because it's marketing is just this huge operation now. Right. Now, just for uh, us uh, Michiganders, you said you worked in downtown Detroit 30 plus years ago. It seems yeah. like at some point advertising moved out to West Big Beaver Road, and now it's moving it back. Do you have any comments right. on that, moving back to downtown? You know, back in the 80s, Detroit was struggling. It wasn't like it was in the 90s and the early 2000s where it was so depressed. I haven't been in Detroit since I left in 94 to move to Colorado, but I visited Detroit recently, and it is amazing to see the revitalization of that city with people and jobs and more investors. It's not just big three automotive, it's Quicken Loans and other businesses that are just pouring money into that city. And it shows really well. And from a a food distribution, yeah, it is great to see because it's so powerful that here is this rust belt of a city that people turn their back on. You know, you read these papers that it's a a number one destination for a lot of people must see to go. And the restaurants and the entertainment there are fantastic, so it's great to see that turnaround. 
So you mentioned moving out to Colorado, and I remember you've, you've told me about that. You wanted something a little different, and how did that work out for you? Yeah, it was great. And again, having a degree in marketing just allows you to go anywhere because every city has a marketing need. If it's an independent, you could freelance it, or you can work for agencies or media. Uh, there's so many opportunities, and that's what I loved about having that opportunity. So the company I worked for back then in Detroit, well, as it was out in Troy uh, on Big Beaver, as you talked about, was McKeon Erickson. And we handled Buick and GMC truck business. And we did the national campaigns for GMC as well as the regional campaigns. And I went out there to run the McCann office in Denver to handle the regional groups that were out in Colorado and Montana and Salt Lake City and Kansas City. So it was great because I was still connected to Detroit. I had my own field office. All my work was done in Detroit with media and creative, but I was serving local clients. And so it was a great time to get out of Michigan and moved to a place <laughs> yeah. that I hadn't been before. I just fell in love with it. And I was out there for six years, got married, had kids, wanted to be closer to, to the family, so we decided to move back to Michigan. But I didn't want to go to That's Detroit great. because back when I came back, it was in a pretty tough spot, so I started in on the west side. Mm -hmm. You've worked on many accounts. Now you are on the, um, the client side, but tell us about some of your agency work and who are some of your favorite clients? It's one of those things where you look back, working for customers, and, and that was our, what the model was, is to serve our customers and make sure that we're doing different, the right things for them to, to understand what their goals were. And I had a lot of work with business to business as well as business to consumer. Some of the fun ones that, as I'm looking through my, my list, GMC Truck was great because it's the second biggest purchase that people make is a, a vehicle. And back right. in the 90s, trucks today are just beautiful. And they've got so many creature comforts and different things that go into them. And I think the sales of trucks are more than, more than vehicles, cars, and SUVs. But GMC was a lot of fun because it allowed us to do great creative. We had funds that we could spend uh, to do some really cool shoots, create some really great messages, shows, attract that. But it was also tough because my role was to help dealers, and dealers are pretty cutthroat. And dealers are they're just trying to put, you know, make sure that they get uh, wheels across the curb and out the door. You're responsible, you know, serve GMC from a national corporation, but you're responsible to work with your local dealers. And if you're not doing a good thing, they'll, they definitely let you know. They're not shy. Um, and they're also very wealthy people, too. There's a different mindset, but also some of the nicest dealers or nicest people in the world, too, that would just give you the shirt off their back just because you're doing right by them. And that was the biggest thing for me is just to make sure that we were serving their needs and going above and beyond and helping them sell cars and trucks. So that was a lot of fun. Another one that was great. Is a, it was a jukebox. It's still around. It's called AMI Jukebox. It's a, it's a Grand Rapids company. They are actually manufacturing them here back in the, I think they just moved out in the 90s or 2000s. They're now obviously made down in Mexico. Just a lot of fun being involved in the music and entertainment business. Back in the day when smoking was banned from restaurants and bars, there was a huge concern that business was just going to tank. And that was a great opportunity for Rhodes to say, hey, we can keep people in the seats if you offer them music and entertainment. People with the introductions of mobile phones and smartphones, they've got an app now that you can control the jukebox sitting on your phone, which is kind of fun to do because then you can take over somebody else's music if you have enough points and things. So there's kind of a gamification standpoint from that that we help them develop. 
But that was just great to be involved in the music and entertainment business. We need to break for our commercial. You're going to hear about one of our IMC programs at West Virginia. I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay. And just a quick note to remind you that today's program is brought to you by West Virginia University's online data marketing communication program. First graduate program of its kind in the country, focusing on strategic thinking, critical problem solving, and informed decision making. The good folks at the Data Marketing Communications Program prepare you for your career by learning the innovative tactics from award-winning faculty like those presented here today. And you can learn how to mesh the art with the science of marketing today. Learn more at dmc.wvu.edu, all of which stands for the Data Marketing Communications Program at West Virginia University. Okay, I got to tell you, as a uh, as a closet Detroiter myself here, I don't often admit that that's where I grew up. Oh, you. My dad was an executive for Chrysler Corporation. I heard the words Ross Roy mentioned many times, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Many of my other friends, uh, everybody's dad, I, we lived out in Bloomfield. All of our dads worked for one of the car companies or one of the vendors here. Wasn't BBDNO out on Telegraph or Woodward or someplace there? It seems like everybody met at the Fox and Hounds restaurant. That was the place, right? You are talking about the good old days. <laughs> oh, boy. Taking me so back. You had another client you wanted to tell us a little bit about, I think, Andy. It was uh, actually uh, one of my last agency jobs here in Grand Rapids. I called on Gordon Food Service, who is a food service distributor uh, located out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was just fun because we all eat. We've all been to restaurants. We've all tasted food, good food. We've all tasted bad food. And we've had great experiences at restaurants, and we've had bad experiences at restaurants. And so it was just really interesting. My brother happened to be in the culinary field at that time, too, over in Detroit. And Gordon Food Service was a customer, was his distributor. And so I uh, talked to him quite a bit about the business, which helped me understand what it was about. So when I was calling on our customers, here at Gordon Food Service, I understood I could talk their language, and that was always important to me, is to understand the business better than they do. And I know that that sounds challenging. It's like, how can you do that if you don't work in it day to day? It's just a lot of research, a lot of talking to people within the organization, and just studying things now online, and just being a part of that. A few years after working on Gordon Food Service, I had the opportunity, the marketing manager position here became available. And it was so funny and interesting to go through the interview process with all my past customers, because obviously they were all in marketing, but they were the ones doing the interviewing of me. So it's neat to be on this side of the business and see how it Mm -hmm. operates versus the agency side. Well, for people that don't know much about Gordon Food Service, could you just give us a little overview of what that is? We are a coast-to-coast in the U.S., So we're a regional food service distributor in the U.S. We go from Michigan down to Florida and over to Texas. But obviously out west, there's still a lot of territory that we hope to move into eventually. If you're familiar with a company like Cisco, if you see Cisco Mm -hmm. trucks, they are a coast-to-coast distributor in U.S. foods. So what we do is we buy, procure products from vendors, manufacturers. We warehouse those products within large distribution centers throughout our territory. By the way, we are coast to coast up in Canada too. We're number one or two up in Canada. So we're a big player up there. So then we buy those products, we warehouse them, and then we distribute them to customers. And those customers include restaurants, obviously, the independent restaurants, chain restaurants, national restaurants, healthcare facilities, 
and education. So K through 12 and colleges and universities. So Ferris State actually is a, a really big customer of Gordon Food Service. Some amazing things up there. Our Rock Cafe is, it's a lot of the townspeople would prefer to go there than any other <laughs> restaurant, which upsets the restaurants in Big Rapids. But <laughs> the Rock, tell us a little bit about what you guys did with the Rock Cafe. Yeah, that's, it was a unique situation where universities can't just have cafeterias like when I was back in school, where it was just a stale, generic cafeteria, and then they would have a daily special. It might be steak one night, chicken the next night, but there's always hot dogs and hamburgers and a salad bar. That wasn't going to cut it because students are looking for choices. Universities are universities. They do have great things, you know, unique professors such as yourself and Mail that make it attractive, but usually as a student going to that school for the first time, you don't have those opportunities to meet those personalities. What they do see is the campus, and what they do see is the cafeteria. And so if you walk into a facility that's just a straight cafeteria line, it's not very exciting. But if you walk into a facility that has hamburgers on one side, Chinese on the other side, Mexican in the back, tacos, it's all those choices that are within the rock make it such a unique experience. And they've done a really good job with that is it's themed as well. It's not just you go up to a bar and then you ask for a taco versus an Asian bowl. It feels like an Asian restaurant. It's just beautifully done. So we worked with the university on that, coming up with that concept. And what's great about that is it's nationally known. And we've had a lot of people come in, uh, want to meet with us, and then want to meet with Ferris and go and see that because it's gotten so much praise about how good it's doing as far as attracting students. And then right. you, Ferris, just opened up a, a new one a couple of years ago in the university club, which I had the opportunity to eat at last week. And that's even better than The Rock. Um, <laughs> so they just keep evolving. And then if you go to universities, my son was down at Western Michigan for a couple of years. The amount of money, the buildings that they're putting up just for food service is, is great, especially for us. We go along for that ride and we help them develop those concepts. And it's the same thing that's true today, Susan. You see it in healthcare with assisted living facilities and retirement facilities. Right. They're putting in great kitchens and hiring great chefs because, again, it's, it's not just a building with beds. It's where people are going to live and where they're going to eat. And everybody likes to have a good meal at the table. So it's really important for them and for us to you know, just continue to evolve food service. That's great. I can tell you really enjoy it. Now, let me just ask, in your role, you started out as marketing manager, but now you're really pretty much all digital, aren't you? Yeah, and when you say digital, it's not in the digital marketing space, it's digital products. So those are the products that we build for our customers. So just to clarify, like our online tools, we offer an online ordering site. Well, you would expect us to offer an online ordering site to make it easier for the customer to do that versus having to talk to their sales rep, although some sales reps would prefer to take their orders directly. We have an inventory system. We have a recipe system. We have a payment system. So these are proprietary tools that we develop and we offer to our customer for free. A lot of our competitors don't do that. They have tools that are third-party that they charge their customers to use. Our tools are all, we don't charge them for that, free to use and we constantly develop them. In Canada, we have a new ordering system which we just launched last year. More information, more uh, descriptions about the products, more pictures about the products. It just makes it easier for the customer to feel confident in what they were looking for and what they can order. 
And then we're developing in Canada right now a new inventory system and a new recipe system, which nobody has up there. And so we're really excited about that because we That's sell great. food, Cisco sells food. We can get great sales teams and they've got great sales teams. We have these tools that help our sales teams do business and keep with our customers and, and the goal of hopefully having longer relationships for them. Wonderful. Now this brings up as you moved into digital, how do you stay on top of all the changes? I know some older people have said, oh, well, I'm just going to play this out and retire, but you've got a long time till retirement. <laughs> so you've yeah. been at this for over 30 years already. And, you know, I have right. the same challenges too, but what are some of the things you do to make sure you stay on top of these constant changes? Oh, it's so wonderful. And that's what's uniquely energizing about this industry because things change and you can contribute and you can affect and you can utilize all that stuff for your benefit. And so my role on the digital products team is marketing. So it's my responsibility to market our digital tools to our customers, potential customers, but also to our sales team. So I do use digital marketing for some of those approaches, but you have to stay up on top of it. And by going to conferences and, and talking with people, I've got a peer group of people that are different fields uh, within marketing, if you will, but play different roles of media buyers, researchers, data analysts, creative people, you know, and having that network that I've made over 30 plus years and staying in touch with them and finding out what they're doing and digging deeper as to, well, how do you analyze the results and what do you do with this? And what are you trying to, it kind of goes back to when I was a kid, what are you trying to accomplish in the first place? And who are you trying to motivate? And then understanding what is the best resource to reach those people if it's digital, if it's traditional print because they're getting older and they don't want anything to do with digital. That's the great thing about our business. We have young upstarts in developing these restaurant concepts and we have traditional, you know, steaks and seafood concepts that they don't have a computer. So you still have to reach them one way or another, but it's just that constant right. education and self-education, listening to the commercial about that class, those opportunities at Ferris or online or other universities, just to maybe not get a full degree, but to stay on top of a subject that you're interested in. Andy, we could talk Sounds all afternoon good. about this. I know yeah. our time is a little bit limited. And again, I so much appreciate your enthusiasm and your many contributions to us on our advisory board too, which is absolutely essential. That's one of the ways I stay in touch with things is through our advisory board at Ferris State. I wanna thank you so much for being with us today. It's really been a fast and fun conversation. I appreciate it and I'm very honored to be with you. Thank you. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network, for at-work listeners like you.